Hi, welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. Thank you, beautiful people, for tuning in today and I really appreciate you being here. We are almost mid-February, so Valentine's Day just passed us and I just wanted to wish you all a very happy Valentine's Day if that's something you celebrate. And if not, then I send you love and light and amazingness coming your ways anyways. So thank you so much for tuning in and let's get started. So today on the show, we have with us Ashley Jackson Thompson. Ashley, so thank you so much for being with here with us here today at Traumatic Transformations Podcast. And uh, we're really honored to have you. And I can't wait for you to share your story with us um, and sort of tell our listeners um, how where your journey began and what makes you who you are today. So without further ado, I would like to uh, welcome you to our show and thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, yeah. I, <laughs> I I love it. Um, love the energy. So Thank you. Um, well, I love what I do. So I'm really excited for you to be here. And you seem you share the same vibe and the energy. So I'm really excited to have you on the show and tell us everything about your story. So Thank kind of you. tell us um, where you uh, tell us about you a little and what what your journey the the traumatic part of your journey so to speak sort of began and what that looked like what that sure. part of your life was yeah so I have a degree in human resources a master's degree in human resources so helping people is always just it's just been me uh-huh. uh, and you know just working within a a retail industry as a human resource personnel, as a store manager. Mm -hmm. And uh, my father 
uh, he, you know, I'm huge daddy's girl, huge daddy's girl. (laughs) And, you know, both my parents are super proud of me, you know, my accomplishments. And, um, I'll say halfway through my training, uh, when I got a promotion, my Uh father suddenly passed away and yeah, so he passed away on, um, Labor Day of 2011, it was really rough because it was sudden, like there was no last goodbye, no last hug, I love you, none of that. So Mm -hmm. I didn't get that, like, you know, that that last closure. Yeah, the closure. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. So yeah, yeah, that, that that closure. So, you know, after I got through the rest of my training and I just became kind of complacent within that position, not really liking it, but not sure what to do, what I wanted Mm -hmm. to do with my life type thing. And I just kept hearing, you know, things that my dad used to say to me, like, uh, chase your dreams. Uh, Don't just sit on the couch, get up and run after it. Uh, Do this or that. Just uh, he was such a go getter. Wow. So and I had been saving money for like years because I had always had this crazy dream of quitting my job and traveling the world. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. We all have, you know, unfortunately, (laughs) I think we all tend to do that. We all most of the time till we get to a place where something really jolts us. We always are at a place where, oh, I'll travel when I retire or, oh, I'll travel later or, you know, that later than just never happens. So I'm curious to hear what what happened with your experience. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up, oh, I'll, you know, after I retire, I'll do this or that. And you won't believe how many times people retired and within five to 10 years, they, they were gone. I'm like, you worked 30 to 40 years to enjoy five of it. Like, no, thanks. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of times, you know what, with that concept too, what happens is that when we get to that place, when we're in our fifties and sixties, we're do we, half the time we don't even have that mental capacity, that energy that we have in our youth. It's like in our youth, we have the money. We don't have the money, but we have the energy. When we get old, we don't have the, you know, we have all the money, but then we don't have the energy or the, you know, passion to travel around the world and do all the research and do all the stuff that we wanted right. to do when we were younger. Exactly. <laughs> You're so right. Um, so just, you know, the, the pressures of, you know, just, because I hadn't dealt with my grief for my father. So I jumped into being like a caregiver to my mom and my brother to make sure that they were okay. They were grieving. They needed to do what they needed to do, but wasn't thinking about me. So eventually I got to the point where I got fed up and (laughs) was like, I'm going to put in my two weeks notice because I'm going to use this money that I had saved and go travel the world. And I did. Uh, yeah, I spent nine months abroad. It was eye-opening, wonderful. It gave me, and I went solo. Uh, I met friends along the way, but it just gave me, yeah, it just gave me such a sense of like self-awareness and strength that I don't think I ever would have found had I stayed in that, you know, position that I wasn't truly happy in. What did that self-awareness look like for you? That's two things really important as a part of the traumatic transformation journeys that, you know, most people sort of want to have and, you know, look forward to, but it feels stuck. What does that self-awareness for you look like? Oh, man, I I guess I, I just loved myself, like the the person I was becoming. And not that I, not that I hated myself, 
but I was like, wow. Like, and I, like I literally looked in the mirror one day and was like, wow, like yeah. this is me. This is who I've become. <laughs> and I'm okay with this. <laughs> and see, if you wouldn't have traveled the world, like you said, you did, you wouldn't have understood that journey you you know like you said you were so busy taking care of your family that you didn't have time for you right you know and I think that's something we all go through sometimes as a part of our grief every person's grief and their journey looks different um, but for you you know it was very I, I, I love what you said where you took time to go solo find yourself and figure out who you were you know as a part of your loss Yes. Um, and I, and I was kind (laughs) of, I was also made self-aware because I was probably usually the oldest person like traveling solo. Um, (laughs) and just to see people's reactions when I would tell them that I'm, uh, 29 and then I turned 30 while I was abroad too, they were like, what? Yeah. And you're just, you don't have a husband, like no kids, like, right what you're doing this now not when right. you were 18 or 19 so right. yeah <laughs> i'm the, like hey any yeah age, any every, age. <laughs> every person's journey is their own so you know to there's a there's a saying in um, east indian so there's a saying in our culture sometimes it's like whenever you wake up it's morning i mean the translation part of it doesn't okay. come out right but it's like whenever whatever it's your life. You have to unfold it and unpack it the way it seems right for you. I think sometimes we all get so caught up in the societal culture of what our expectations are. Um, and I think it's really important at some point to, and not to say that you have to be selfish, but in order to find that self-love, which is not in a narcissistic way, but just how can you pour from an empty bucket? If you don't love yourself, how do you expect to love other people and be present for the relationships that you are in? You know, a lot of oh, times, Absolutely. Like our culture and as our values of growing up, we're taught that, you know, it's all about the others and people pleasing. It's all about what people want as opposed to what we want. We were placed on this planet for a purpose, you know, and we get right. so caught up in people and the world that we stop paying attention to our needs, who we are and what we want out of life. Oh, absolutely. I call all that noise because it's just, it, it can be, no. it's just busy. Right. And then you right. get caught up in it and don't know where to go sometimes. So Absolutely. And <laughs> one of the other things that you mentioned as a part of, you know, your, the second thing you mentioned that stood out for me was strength. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, just being a solo female, not even just that, but a solo black female traveling into some parts of the world where the only time they've ever seen a black woman is on the TV. Um, You know, I I was traveling when uh, President Obama was in office. And a lot of times, because that's all that they knew of black people. Mm hmm. I would get called Obama or are you Obama's cousin? And at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is silly. Where, but then what I, part of the world were you in? Um, th- that particular, <laughs> have, <laughs> that happened in Burma. Oh, wow. I got every, every stall that I stopped in, they would ask if I was <laughs> Obama's cousin. Wow. And at fir- the first couple stalls, I was like, no, <laughs> but then, but then eventually I was like, you know what? 
shoot. See, yeah, that's my cousin. Our eyes to so many yeah. things that are happening around our the world that we so seem shunned and protected and sheltered to if we just happen to live in America. Yes. You yeah, know? exactly. So, you know, eventually I was just like, yep, that's my cousin. And I just... <laughs> <laughs> I just and, and tell us it. for our American audience, where are you from and where are you located right now? So just so we I, have this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm from Ohio, uh, Dayton yes. area, so north yeah. of Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I, I grew up in Cincinnati in some parts of my life growing up. So and that's one of the reasons I know in our, one of our chats earlier, you had mentioned that. So I was like, it's really important. And, you know, in, in smaller towns or especially there were some parts of my life that I lived in North Dakota and literally people hadn't traveled literally the next step over which happens oh, to be minnesota yes. like if they're from north dakota they stay there they born they're born there they're raised there they die there they don't even step to minnesota i mean sure I, you know so i have seen and just being raised in india and you know like traveling i love like you i love traveling and just gaining perspective of the world so it's like you know sometimes we grow up in places where we don't venture out and we don't find the necessity to venture out and that leads to situations like you said you know some some of those people in burma have probably never traveled out so you they yeah. think you're obama's cousin anyway so <laughs> yeah strength let's get back to that <laughs> yeah so you know just you know just gaining all those different experiences sitting in people's homes that you know i probably never would have done if i would have stayed here you know yep. the grandma that would cook you know, Vietnamese noodles on the streets of Hanoi. I, wow. you know, every morning I'd go sit there and you know what? We would just both talk to each other. Yeah. Mind you, I'm speaking English and she's speaking, speaking back English. to me in Vietnamese. Yeah. And we both are laughing and nodding Aww. and smiling. Don't know what each other is, is saying. But, but see, that's the beauty of human <laughs> connection. You know, yes. that is so awesome. I've been to some parts of the world, no clue what people are t- saying, but nonverbals, they play a huge role. You know, sometimes uh-huh. it's not just, I think language sometimes almost limits us. You know, we can still, in terms of the depth of humanity, we can still connect, have fun, have laughs and, you know, not understand what we are saying, but get the gist of what we are trying to communicate through our being. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I did. I mean, I would eat myself around the world. Seriously, if if there was a good smell, I was walking there, you know, inside (laughs) the restaurant and making some kind of connection. Um, So I mean, there was just random things that I I would walk into or sit down and see and ask questions and find out certain things, you know, that I, I never would have found if I would have just stayed here and seen the American version of, mm. you know, and that's just a broad spectrum, you know, politics, wars, you know, what are you name it? Like if I would have just stayed here, I'd, I would have only seen Yes. American version. I want to have seen the, the other worldly version of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So powerful. Which I think is very, very important for anybody. Yep. 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 To it's just see. to have an openness and ha- whole space for other people's values and beliefs oh, that are different yeah. than our own, you know? Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I always say to myself now, you know, that I have some clarity mm-hmm. um, and some consciousness about myself. But, you know, I 
I look back now and I say to myself, I would rather have my dad here with me, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the suddenness uh, in the loss took me to a place where I went and traveled, gained some clarity of mind, some, some self-awareness and strength, because little did I know what was coming when yeah. I came home from that. So I tell was me about that, that, because I know that's a very <laughs> intriguing part of your journey as well. So yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, this whole time I was gone, I was with my boyfriend. Uh, we, mm -hmm. we didn't want to break up. Mm -hmm. But he know he he knew he I needed my space and this time to grieve to to be whole. Absolutely. So uh, when I came back, uh, he had planned a a trip for the new year uh, mm -hmm. to take me to Disney because he knows I'm Yay. obsessed with Disney. <laughs> uh, so on January first of 2017. Troy proposed to me by Yay. Cinderella's castle at Disney World. It was perfect. <laughs> Aww, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we were just like on this incredible high, right? You know, he had just proposed to me at the castle. And after we get home, he, you know, we start planning our wedding and, you know, looking at venues and getting a budget together, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he starts to get these like really bad, like debilitating mi uh, migraines and headaches. And I'm like, well, that's weird for you because you just don't, that doesn't happen. And, right. you know, there was a knot that had started forming on his forehead. And I was like, okay, sheesh, something's going on. So we saw a couple specialists up here um, north of Dayton where we live. And mm -hmm. uh, the second or third specialist we saw, he, you know, he told us, he was like, guys, I, I really think this is cancer. I don't want to scare you though. Cause this is, this is out of my league. I'm right. going to send you down to Cincinnati. Wow. So we were like, okay. I mean, we don't, we yeah, didn't want to hear, you do. Yeah. yeah. You know, we didn't want to hear that. We didn't accept right. that it was cancer. Cause he was 37 at the time. And I was 31. Wow. Had just gotten engaged. You know, uh -huh. we weren't, yeah, we, we weren't thinking about it. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, in life, I think that's what happens. We never want to think about something. Um, and we stay in denial that it won't happen to us. And we wait till it does. And that's the scary part. And that's a part that's really debilitating. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we get down to Cincinnati, have more tests ran and you know they do confirm our worst fear that uh not only does he have cancer but that it is in stage four mm. and it's a rare nasal cavity cancer at that oh i was God. like really oh. so you want to <laughs> you're like i just <laughs> tell us that it's cancer and it's rare <laughs> yeah yes yeah <laughs> yeah uh and i i'm like well man i just had gotten you know through all this like Oh, you know, that, that peace and love moment that I had from, you know, being abroad and then getting engaged. And it was like crash and burn. Yeah. I'm like, really? What's going yeah. on here? Um, so, but honestly, we didn't really have enough time to sit there we, and mope. Yeah, like we we yeah. had to jump into action because of the stage it was already in. Yeah. 
So we did whatever the doctor basically told us to do at that time, which right. was this really harsh and nasty chemo um, that he had to go through. You know, it just left him sick and, you know, with little energy and his uh-huh. taste buds changed. And yeah. um, after the chemo, he chemo. had, yeah, yeah, you know. It's not just that they warn you the physical aspects, but I don't think they warn you about like mentally. Can you that, tell us a little bit about it. that? Because I think that's what this is. This I, I think I really want my people to be informed about some of these things. You know, it's not just about because I think the a lot of times uh, and, you know, we're, I'm very big on mental health awareness and being trauma informed. I think a lot of times even in terms of terminal illnesses, you know, as a society or as a community, or even as a medical community, we don't do a good job of, you know, focusing on the mental wellness aspect of it. So can you please tell us what that looked like for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. And I might say, you know, that it was our journey. It was our battle of a lot. (laughs) And I I like to aware of other people's, like you said, you know, you travel to different parts of the world, the more you were aware that some of these things happen, it might not be the end all or a go to for everybody. But at least it's an it's a a window to someone else's journey um, to what they went through and just having compassion and empathy for um, someone going through that if you or your loved ones ever go through it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, because I lived it with him even though it wasn't me getting the chemotherapy and radiation it, it you know i i had to sit there and watch him which yep. had its own yeah vaccine you know on, yeah. on me physically and mentally but um yeah for sure they you know they didn't warn us really about the mental effects which you know is depression yep that's a huge one yep. uh for, for both the the patient and caregiver <laughs> depression anxiety yeah. Uh, for the the patient is is this going to work or am I going to die? Right. Right. Um, All this anticipation and the uncertainty yeah. that the yeah. terminalness of this disease brings. Yes. Uh, so depression, anxiety is really huge. How did that manifest for you guys? What did that look like? We know the word depression and anxiety, but what did that look like for you? Uh, so. For me personally, I kind of deal with depression not in a way that is nor- like how it's, you know, stigmatized, like stereotyped, like mm-hmm. sitting in a room with the light off and oh, yeah, crying. That's what like, most people think is yeah. depression, but no, um, no because I me, specialize in depression and anxiety, <laughs> I know that's not it for people. Most high-functioning people can be very depressed. And tell us, I'm so glad that you raised that point of view because please tell me what that looks like for you. That's yeah, what was- with people. Yeah. So for, for my husband, since he was already tired, Mm -hmm. he just would stay in bed. So that's what his look like. Mm -hmm. Me, I was high functioning, baby. I was like, woo, we, woo, where's the party at? Like, let's go like smiles and woo. But then when I would crash, I would crash and just cry. And so my body hurt. Mm-hmm. Because I was just so high up here and right. it was, it wasn't real. Right. You, were <laughs> you doing that to mask or not to feel your sadness or the low lows that you were feeling? Just thinking if you acted like you were okay, then you would eventually feel okay. Is that what was going yep. on? So fake it till you make it. That was my, <laughs> that yep. was my thing. Fake yep. it till you make it. Yep. Um, and I never wanted him 
to see me down because yeah. then he would be affected by it. He would be affected by it. And then my mom is such a war warrior. Nice. And uh, because she was a caregiver to her mother who had cancer, wow. who died from it. Mm. So I didn't want her to see me down because then she would have been, oh my gosh, like, right. what can I do? You know, I didn't right. need her to worry about me. Right. So it was just, That's it was just, me. it was a mask. Yeah. Like you said, it, it truly was. Um, yeah. None of my friends understood. Now that's not to say they didn't text or call. Right. Supported me. And what were some they, of the things that yeah. you wanted to hear from the people close to you? <laughs> you know what? That's, that's a very good question. <laughs> you know, most people don't know how to act. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to pose this question, because a lot of times when we're going through it, it's like people can say very wrong and damaging things. And most of the time people are just not informed on what to say. So please tell us that. Okay. So, and I, I'm not going to speak for all caregivers, yeah. but if someone would have said, can I come over and cook? Yeah. Uh, can I come over and clean? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That would have been amazing. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, not only was I working, Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was the breadwinner, the cook, the clean, yep. cleaner, like all of that. And that um, can be very taxing. It can cause yeah. such a burnout. What you are going through, what you were going through, in our world, we call it vicarious trauma or caregiver trauma. And, you know, people can, you know, as a secondary person who is taking care of someone who is going through terminal illness, can be a very hard place to be in, you know, because yes. then you get so spent trying to take care of that other person that you have no time for your self-care or self-love, you know, so that's it. you just get drained. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ab yeah. So, you know, and because I would wear the mask so well, a lot of people just didn't know that's what I wanted when, and I hate asking for help. I'm still to this day working on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, it's it's really not a sign of weakness, but in my head, it's like, oh, if I ask for help, that means I'm I'm not strong, I'm not weak, and yeah, you know, I that's something that I hear a lot from people is, Ashley, you're so strong. Like, how did you do this? And I'm like, I didn't see any uh, any other way but to do it. So, is, does that make me strong or hard headed? I don't know. <laughs> I relate to that because I, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I agree that asking for help is not weak, but I still, for some reason, whenever I'm going through hard times of my life, I don't ask for help. Um, I ask for help, like if it's for my mother or my sister or, you know, my best friend, like, okay, they don't have a choice. They just sh have to show up. But, you know, in terms of my dear friends and some family, I don't just authoritatively ask for help like that. So, yes, right. I relate to that. Right. So, I mean, j just to answer your question, j just offer the help because a lot of caregivers probably won't ask for it. Absolutely. <laughs> no, so true. Yeah. yeah so, so tell us about what was then going on for you while you were going all through all of this and he was being treated for what he was being treated for. I mean, ju just just the anxiety and the stress of not only, you know, we're trying to plan our future together because he, he still wanted to carry on with the wedding, our wedding wow. plans. 
um, as we had planned. And I'm like, I, I asked a couple times if we could postpone. He just kept saying no, because this is why he was doing his treatment was to make it to that wedding date. And I said, okay, well, I can't deny him that. So, um, but it just put so much stress and right. unease and just anxiety on me because not only am I having to pay like our regular bills, but I'm having to make sure that we got our things set up for the wedding and, you know, making sure that he is strong enough right. to make it to yeah. the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and to actually enjoy the day, that was my right. huge right. worry was, okay, you can get there, but are you going to enjoy it? Right. You know, right. sort of thing. So, um, and in that time too, he had had a major surgery, right. which kind of threw, you know, everything into a tailspin even further because this physically, it, it was a huge physical difference. Yeah. Uh, the, the surgery, uh, took a part of his skull, um, mm -hmm. half of his nose and his left eye. Wow. So then we had to deal with. A different type of grief, mm. which, you know, we did, he didn't die, but right. the future that we saw for ourselves did. Yeah. yeah. Because this was a huge part of your guys's vision of your future and the identity changes as a result of that. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it it was a different type of grief. Cause like I said, it's not like the person had died, but it's right. just, you're grieving something that you didn't anticipate. You didn't yet have, but yeah. you wanted, yeah. and you just knew at that moment, life was going to be different. Yeah. Not that it was going to be bad. It was just going to be different than the right. perfect little, yeah. you know, life you had formed in your head. Right. <laughs> so. Isn't that something? Yeah. So how did you guys get through that grief? What did that look like for you? You know, just staying prayed up, doing meditation. Uh, Troy, it took him a moment to really understand that his eye was not there. I had mm. to constantly remind him because he thought he had a patch on his eye. And I had to keep telling him like, no, honey, like, yeah. Remember we discussed this before, like it's not a patch. It's right. not there, you know. Right, right. Um, so now right. we, we are both in therapy. Nice. Okay. My only regret about this whole process, and I try not to live my life with regrets, but my only regret with this whole past three years with, you know, him being diagnosed, I wish I would have called and had us in therapy then. Yeah. And not wait so long. Yeah. Um, and but, that's what we see in therapy, unfortunately. You know, um, yeah. I, I see people come in when they're in crisis. And this is one of the biggest reasons why I, you know, decided to launch this podcast was to raise awareness around mental health and reduce the stigma and sort of, you know, normalize the idea of therapy. I also understand therapy is not for everybody. So it's not to push people to in one direction or the other, but it's just to inform what's right for you and what you could do. And what are some of the things that you should look for when you're going through certain things that sort of, you know, you already have a checklist prepared in your head.
as in, hey, if this situation or circumstance or an event happens in my life, then because I'm informed by listening to some of these, you know, insightful people, these podcasts, these books, what they are doing and what I should be prepared for. I think we're very reactive as a society and as a culture that we don't think (laughs) of prevention. And like you were mentioning earlier, that we don't think of, okay, you know, we'll wait for it to happen or this will never happen to us. So let's just, it's like, you know, natural disaster. I used to be, Red Cross was a big part of my life when I was in Manhattan. And one of the biggest things we used to tell people that have an emergency bag in your car and in your house you never know when there will be a fire because when there's a fire you have six seconds to get out you really think you're going to get all your documents and all your stuff ready at the time off same thing when we have major Uh, events uh happen uh in our lives we don't know we are trying to deal with the shock the anger the denial all these big feelings that we normally don't tend to you know understand what's happening if you are not (laughs) self-aware um and you know the 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 depth of all of that you know shock and those things that happen and and um how to deal with that so we don't think about oh i i need to seek therapy or maybe i need to seek some healer you know or maybe i need to be more informed maybe this is what's going on so i think it's really important and i'm so glad that you mentioned that because i think it's really it's not something you have to do, but something to keep in mind that if this happens, I know what to do. Like, because I'm a therapist and because I deal with trauma, I know there are certain events that, you know, might happen that I know who to go, what steps to take, what to do when those Uh situations arise. So I'm not reacting in panic, but I'm reacting in situation and dealing with my crisis in calm and, you know, level-headedness and stability. Right. That, I mean, and that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. you said, you're going to therapy and how is that, how is that for you? Or what is that looking? I mean, I don't want to get into the depth and the details of the privateness of that experience, but after you got out of that, um, you know, um, while you were still trying to deal with the group grief of that, what was, what was that like for you guys and your marriage and your plans and some of those things that you guys had anticipated? Yeah. So, um, you know, therapy to us is it's a must now it's like we never would have thought that before but uh so we we see people separately um so uh because there's things still that I didn't realize you know with my passing of my father I thought I had worked through but I hadn't um but uh yeah so just you know still working through things and then working through just this the the change and the difference of, you know, I, I always kid with people like, Oh, we're not a traditional couple. Like we really aren't. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but how our, how we deal with our marriage now, Mm -hmm. um, we're, I mean, we're still newlyweds, but we, we take each day and to the fullest. Um, And tell us, tell me what that looks like. I love hearing that because I try to live my life like that. Uh, What does that mean? Truly? Um, so, you know, a lot of, especially like with everything going on in the world, we try to let a lot of negativity just roll down our shoulders. We don't have time. Right. We don't know when our time is. Right. He, he was close to that time. Right. You know, at one point, his doctor looked me in my eye and said, Ashley, you need to call hospice for your husband. This is after we got married. Wow. So, you know, after hearing that and moving on, we're living each day, uh, you know, if before COVID hit, uh, 
you know, we, we would, you know, take off and maybe go to the beach or, you know, if we had a, like one time I said, let's just take a foodie trip. And we flew down to New Orleans and just just ate (laughs) around the city, you know, so just having, and his bucket, his huge bucket list goals to go see all 50 States. Wow. Yes. Back in August, we rented an RV Mm. And we drove from Ohio to Las Vegas. And wow. We had so That's we, awesome. yeah, we got to go through like 10 states or something like that and, and see all kinds of different parks and, you know, just have the special time with us, but still being safe because of COVID. So absolutely. Yeah. You know, just simple things like that, uh, that make a huge impact, you know, absolutely. learning to choose your battles. Yep is a big one too. Like, you know, cause I almost lost them. So I'm not going to nitpick over how he folds the laundry, even though I don't like it. So, right. you know, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, choose our bar battles, right? Yeah. <laughs> therapy. It's like, you know, they're getting, in, it's not worth getting into a war when you can, you know, pick your battles and get through a day or get through a conflict and learn something from us. And then yeah, the, exactly. You want to be together and that's your goal as a couple together and be a team. You know, you just have to learn to let go of certain things and come. Right. And I've known him for, gosh, like over 10 years. And I still learn new things about him even after we've been married. I'm like, what? You like that? You know. (laughs) But see, that's the beauty that you travel. You allow yourself new experience and not get in the autopilot of the routine every day, day in and day out for years. And then, you know, it kind of gets old, you know, yeah, yeah, important in order, no matter what relationship, I mean, how however long you've been married, I really think and believe and truly believe in keeping it spicy, no matter when and what absolutely that keeps it. (laughs) Yes, you can have your conflicts, but it's really important to learn new things about each other. And, you know, as we grow as people and our identity changes, I think we also grow as couples. So it's really important that we, you know, in tune ourselves in both of those realities. Right. Cause you, you know, both of you can change over time, but you want to make sure that it's like at the same, you don't have to change at the same time or together, but right. want it to mesh Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. still be cohesive. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know? tell us a little bit about what you do now and you know, what your sort of purpose and how you came to your purpose, because I really enjoyed that part of your story too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's so amazing that you're so upbeat and energetic about just life, given the losses that you've gone through. And it really is amazing and so um, touching to see that, wow, you know, you look at life as such a day by day present and mindful sort of way. Yes, I'm sure you have challenges as well, but overall, you, your outlook on life is glass half full and not empty, which really is very contagious. So thank you. Um, <laughs> so tell us about your stuff that you do now and how you got to that point. Yeah, of course. So uh, well, I'll start with how I got to the point because um, it's awesome. Right. <laughs> uh, so Troy was pronounced and declared cancer free back in, yes, back in March of this year. So I'm so thankful. Uh, and he actually had a six month checkup last month and he still is cancer free. Nice. And we haven't gotten this far with clear scans for him in, in the past three years. So we're just, you know, praying and believing that we'll keep getting 
good, you know, scans each time we go. So that actually led me to the point of, you know, I, since I had poured basically all of myself into his care, into yeah. him, when they said, okay, well, you're cancer free. You don't have to do any more treatments. Right. You know, I'm just like, okay. So, and we were running up and down the highway for those treatments. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? You know? Right. And right. I was like, what, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Like, I don't right. want to just, you know, I was getting complacent within the position I had again um, so I'm just like, uh, you know, something's telling me there's something there, you know, something more. I didn't know what it was though, but right. so COVID hit and yeah. it made a lot of people get different skills, you know, yeah, learn new things about themselves. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of like, uh, well, I invested in myself. Yeah. And so I invested in a business coach to help me figure out, you know, yeah. I was hoping for a light bulb moment. I really yeah. was. Cause I'm yeah. like, I, I can't see it. So I need somebody to help me see it. <laughs> right. No, and that's awesome. That how else, you know, otherwise we end up either feeling stuck or feeling stuck and we don't know yeah. how to get out of that feeling until somebody else can pull out of it or see things differently. Sometimes when we're in it, we just can't see it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, she she had me list my likes, my dislikes, passions, and she ha had me do a really hard exercise about listing my painful, you know, points and my pleasurable points in my life. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to look so crazy because the pain pain yeah. was long. It, I mean, yeah. my pleasurable moments have been were longer, but I mean, my pain list was pretty long. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, once we started talking, getting deeper into things and, um, you know, I just start, you know, I just start seeing these things because after she says, well, I see you put travel and event planning down a whole bunch, you know, and then we look over here at your pain. And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Looking at your pain and pleasure, you yes. know, maybe sometimes some people's purpose in life comes from their pain. Absolutely. And, most of my people on this show are that, you know, okay. they, most, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why I decided to call it traumatic transformations is because a lot of people, you know, there are some people who go through the most tra tragedy tra events in their life. And yet they come out to be thriving and are other people's survival guides, you know, based on how they find a purpose from their tragedy. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what happened to me, you know, so um, Timeless Dream Events was born out of my pain. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, and, and my mission, my purpose in life is to help those that w were in my situation mm -hmm. that might get a call, might have a meeting with their doctor and their life has been altered in just, yeah. uh, in just a matter of a snap, Yeah, you know? So, you know, Johnny might have heard that he only has six months to live, but Sally and Johnny never got married. Oh shoot. Right. Who's going to help us do this within such a short period of time. And right. that's where I can come in because I have people, you know, on my team with me that believe in my mission can act within a short period of time and, you know, 
just love what this stands for and able to help and be blessings to people. Um, so I, you know, I specialize in that short term uh, and I can be empathetic and sympathetic uh, to that caregiver or the, you know, and the family right. because I've been there. I know, I know what that feeling's like, like, oh gosh, I have to plan for this wedding, but are we actually going to make it? Right. Right. You know? yeah. So I, I know, I know that feeling right. and I can sympathize. So that's what I wanted to give back to the world. You know, I wanted to turn my pain into something that could be a blessing basically to others. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Tell us other events that are th- kind of events that you like to plan or you have planned, um, you know, so that my audience, if they ever uh, have to be faced with that situation, they can keep you in mind and give you a shout. Um, and what does your event planning look like? Is it through uh, entire America or is it just in the Dayton, Ohio area? What, what are your services like and how, how do you provide them? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I will do showers, weddings, birthdays, whatever it looks like for you and your family. I will do it. Um, celebration of life. Mm. Um, my father-in-law actually passed away last week. I'm so sorry. And my that. thank you. Um, my mother-in-law and my husband just asked me to to plan the celebration of life, and mm-hmm. I felt. You know, like I was telling you, I felt a little bittersweet, but yeah, because you were a part of that and yeah. your family, but yet <laughs> yeah, you're an expert at this now. Yeah. So, you know, I'll do a celebration of life, whether, you know, they are currently with us or, mm-hmm. you know, if, you know, life yeah. is life. So yeah. whether it's wh- while they're here or after they've gone on to go home, I'll help them, you know, the family celebrate either way. Awesome. Absolutely. And like I said, I've said to multiple people, I will go where I'm called, whether it's San Francisco, Miami, Florida. I mean, I'll I'll go where I'm called. I'm not afraid to hop on a plane at all. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's like you have married your passion for travel and wanting to be around the world with something that you are passionate about, given everything that you have been through in the last, you know, decade of your life, so to speak. So that is amazing how, um, because, you know, to me, life is about, I love this Simon Simon Sinek um, uh, quote, and I, 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 I might not do a complete job of uh, quoting him directly, but, you know, it's like when you go to work feeling something that going to work that you're not passionate about, it's stress. But when you go to work, you know, doing something that you completely enjoy, that's called passion. And to me, it's like this, this podcast, the work that I do in terms of my, you know, therapy work, I absolutely wake up to it every morning and nobody can stop me from it. And I love being a part of that life. So like you, it's just amazing and contagious to see people who are not just surviving after their trauma, but thriving to be the best version of themselves, um, whatever that version looks like for them. And, you know, absolutely paying it forward instead of staying in that rut and, you know, um, feeling stuck about not knowing where to go and what to do. So absolutely. Thank you so much for all these important actionable nuggets and your wisdom and just the experiences that you've been through and, you know, your wisdom through those experiences and sharing all of that with us. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. How people can find you. 
Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, you can visit me or, you know, sign up for a chat if, you know, you want to plan something or you just need, if you're a caregiver and you just need to vent, you need to talk to somebody that's been there. Yeah. You can go to <laughs> www.timelessdreamevents.com. Um, I got photo galleries and all kinds of neat things on there. And actually there is a freebie yeah. on my website if you want to download it. Okay. Um, it is 10 self-care tips for caregivers, Ooh. but really it's for anybody because yeah. we all get a little stressed out and need some, some self-care tips, okay. you know, um, you know, treat yourself. Yay! So. <laughs> I love it. You're so benevolent. You're all about giving. But that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, well, definitely. And, and people are, especially this year, needing as oh. many different tips as possible. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah. It's www.timelessdreamsevent dream events. Okay. Dream events. I will have that on my show notes. So that, that way people can reach you um, and find you through your website and get a hold of you no matter what. Um, your yes. time spent with you has been absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for your time and being here and sharing all of your amazing um, wisdom and passion with us. Thank you. So thank much you. Time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's more than a pleasure. You can come back anytime. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Mm -hmm.